Good morning. Breaking overnight in morning. A community near Detroit comes together at a vigil overnight honoring the victims of a mass school shooting. A 15-year-old gunman killing three classmates and wounding eight others. Overnight, the chilling new video emerging of students locked in a classroom as a voice they believe to be the shooter claims it's safe to leave. Sheriff's office, safe to come out. Now we're not willing to take that risk right now. Students then forced to flee out of the window. Go. Just ahead, those panicked moments, the harrowing stories of other survivors and investigators on the hunt this morning for a motive. Cracking down? We cannot predict the future, but we can be prepared for it. The White House weighing new restrictions for international travelers as the Omicron variant spreads around the globe. And the World Health Organization urges certain populations to stop traveling altogether. This morning, the race to prevent another devastating wave of the virus and COVID concerns sidelined the NBA's biggest star, LeBron James, will have the very latest. Showdown, the Supreme Court taking up a landmark abortion case today, the most significant challenge to Roe v. Wade in decades. A live report from the court straight ahead. Those stories plus suspended. CNN pulls its star anchor, Chris Cuomo, off the air indefinitely. What the network is now saying about the role he played defending his brother against sexual harassment allegations. And one shining moment, the world's most famous Christmas tree, ready to electrify the mass by the masses just hours from now, kicking the holiday season into high gear today, Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to today on a really busy Wednesday morning. Glad to have you with us. And someone across the street is ready for her close-up. Uh, we cannot wait, you guys. It's a big night tonight. She is going to get the lights turned on. Uh, we, we expect a big crowd. It's going to be a lot of fun out there. Yeah. But we do have a lot happening today. We're going to start with a community in Michigan now in mourning in the wake of that school shooting. Yeah, vigil was held there overnight honoring the three students killed and eight others injured after the suspected gunman, a 15-year-old class classmate opened fire. He is now in custody. Meantime, there's dramatic new video from one of the classrooms. It shows kids barricading themselves inside while questioning whether or not someone outside the door was either a police officer or a gunman. It's really chilling to see mm -hmm. that video and the students were so wise in that moment. We've got complete coverage this morning. We've got NBC's Megan Fitzgerald. She joins us now. She's in Oxford, Michigan with the very latest. As mentioned, a suspect now in custody but Megan, everyone wondering what on earth could have motivated this terrible attack. Good morning to you. Savannah, good morning. Police say the suspected teenage shooter is not talking, but they do believe he acted alone when they say he shot and killed three people, injuring eight others, including a teacher. Right now, we know three of those victims are in critical condition, fighting for their lives as investigators try to understand why this happened. Overnight, a Michigan community in mourning, coming together to remember three teenagers shot and killed in an attack on a school in suburban Detroit. A 15-year-old student who has not yet been publicly identified, suspected of opening fire on his classmates at Oxford High School. Our teachers tell us to get down, hide, barricade the doors. Authorities releasing the identities of the three victims, ranging in ages from 14 to 17 years old. 
Madison Baldwin was a senior set to graduate. 16-year-old Tate Meir and 14-year-old Hannah St. Juliana also died. New video shows students barricading themselves inside a classroom as someone in the hallway claiming to have a badge tries to enter. Yeah, he said it's safe to come out. Now, we're not willing to take that risk right now. I can't hear you. We're not taking that risk right now. Okay, well, come to the door and look at my bag, bro. No. Yeah, bro. He said bro. He said bro. Red flag. The students, who believe it's the shooter, making a desperate escape out of the window. Suspected gunman described by police as a 15-year-old sophomore armed with a semi-automatic pistol firing at least a dozen rounds. Authorities say they've received more than 100 911 calls and were able to apprehend the shooter with seven rounds left in his gun less than five minutes after the first emergency call. That, again, I believe interrupted what potentially could have been seven more victims. Investigators say the gun was purchased by the boy's father days ago on Black Friday, and the teen has posted photos practicing with it. Now, late last night, authorities addressed rumors that they may have missed possible warning signs that there would be a school shooting here at Oxford High School. Investigators say they never received any threats. Now, as for the suspected teenage shooter, uh, while he may not be cooperating with investigators, prosecutors say they are ready to act quickly, even bringing charges as soon as today. Savannah? All right, Megan, thank you. All right, let's turn now to the growing concern over the latest COVID variant, Omicron. While there has yet to be a reported case here in the United States, health officials are not taking any chances. Now considering tougher rules for travelers entering the U.S. right before the busy Christmas travel season. We have two reports for you. We're going to begin with NBC's Sam Brock. Hey, Sam, good morning. Good morning. The White House right now is preaching caution, not panic, as it is considering new steps to safeguard Americans. That includes, Savannah, the idea of additional COVID-19 testing after you return from international travel. But health experts right now say that vaccines and the booster are your best bet against Omicron. This is we are still learning more information right now about the variant. So far, the Omicron variant has not surfaced in the U.S., but its impact is already looming large over new policies and guidelines, from air travel to booster shots. The World Health Organization is now advising people 60 and up or those with underlying conditions like heart disease and cancer to postpone all travel. The Biden administration has not backed that advisory, but is telling NBC News it's considering more stringent testing requirements for international travel, though no final decisions have been made. We cannot predict the future, but we can be prepared for it. The White House says it's drastically upped its ability to test for Omicron, now 80,000 samples per week in the U.S. The first known infections were reported in Botswana, not South Africa, on November 11th. Since then, the strain has quickly spread to 20 countries, including Canada. What does the early data tell us about the severity of Omicron? But easier to give and get, more transmissible, which makes sense for a virus. The virus wants to reproduce and stay alive in its host. Dr. Fauci stressing the importance of vaccines and boosters. Vaccines, and particularly boosters, give you a degree of cross-protection particularly against severe disease. For basketball's biggest name, LeBron James, there's no clear return date after entering the NBA's COVID health and safety protocols. At the start of the season, James discussing his decision to get vaccinated. 
I think at the end of the day, you're always trying to figure out ways that you can always be available and protect one another. Here in Miami, an international art festival is electrifying downtown with 20,000 visitors expected on this one corridor. I think it's too early in that journey with Omicron. So I think we're all watching it, that the message that Miami has communicated is stay healthy. One question so many people are wondering today, why is it taking so long to learn about this variant? And guys, scientists literally have to copy the virus in its entirety and then introduce it to the blood of immunized people to see how the antibodies react. That process can take weeks. Savannah, back to you. All right, Sam, thank you very much. And as we do wait to learn more about this new variant, let's focus on what is known about Omicron. NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas has been looking into that for us, Tom. Tom, obviously one of the mm -hmm. big questions is yeah. how transmissible is it? That's yeah. one of the things we're waiting for, but there are signs that are somewhat ominous with this strain. That, that is right, and that's what everyone wants to know, right? We also want to say there's a lot we don't know about Omicron just yeah. yet, but we're learning more every day. So let's start there with Savannah's first question. We know it has 30-plus mutations. This is the top line right here. What does that mean? More mutations. Think of mutations as a disguise, right? If you have antibodies from a vaccine or a prior infection, it may not recognize Omicron, and that's why it makes it potentially more dangerous. So the other big question, it may be more transmissible. In South Africa, parts of South Africa where people were vaccinated, where people had been infected, it spread rapidly. That's one of the reasons why the health community raised a red flag on this one. Finally, also unclear if it's transmissible, more transmissible than Delta. But again, we know it has more mutations. That's why it may be potentially more dangerous. We still don't know the severity yet, but there's some anecdotal evidence and researchers are looking into that right now. A big question people have, Tom, is we've already been vaccinated. So right. is that enough? Are we protected against Omicron? Yeah, so here's what we know right now on yeah. this date here in time. The first thing we can tell you is that there's some protection expected, likely against severe disease. But then we had that big headline right yesterday from Moderna, the CEO from Moderna. And what that CEO said, basically, the current vaccine is expected to be less potent. We got to remember that. But the good thing is that these vaccines are so advanced. So the CEO of Pfizer said, listen, we can make a new vaccine, but it's going to take around 100 days to make that vaccine. We'll know more as we get closer to Christmas in the next two to four weeks. We're, you know, none of us are too good at patience. We have yeah, to wait right. these weeks to get those answers. So in the meantime, how should mm -hmm. we be conducting ourselves? Right. And the big question with kids that are waiting to get the vaccine. Yeah, yes. I spoke with several doctors personally yesterday. They told me one big thing. Don't hit the pause button. Get the vaccine. Get the booster. Get your, get your kids vaccinated as well. And then we have to remember, we almost have to go back in time, right? We have to remember to keep the masks indoors, especially in crowds. But be smart about it. We're all tested here. Yeah. We're, we're all vaccinated here. Be logical. And finally, wash your hands. We start right from the beginning. Got Guys. It. it all started with Purell. Yeah. That's a Purell. Here we go. Yeah. Tom, Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Yeah. Turning now to a major case before the Supreme Court today. The justices taking up the biggest case of the term, a challenge to the landmark Roe v. Wade ruling that made abortion rights the law of the land. NBC's uh, justice correspondent Pete Williams has the details. Pete, good morning. Hoda, good morning. This is the most important legal showdown over abortion rights in at least three decades. It's the case that opponents of abortion have long been waiting for and that women's groups have been dreading. And it comes before a solidly conservative lineup of justices. After consistently ruling that the Constitution protects a woman's right to choose, the court today takes up a challenge that says those decisions were all wrong. At issue is a Mississippi law passed in 2018 but blocked by the lower courts that would ban virtually all abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. 
It was part of a push by red states to get a challenge to Roe v. Wade before the Supreme Court. The sponsors say times have changed since Roe was decided and that more is known now. Development. After the point where the unborn child can feel pain, we ought to provide them an extra level of protection from the abortion. But the Supreme Court has consistently ruled that states cannot ban abortion before the age of viability around 24 weeks into a pregnancy. That's why Mississippi's law that would ban it after 15 weeks is a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. This case is about is whether the Supreme Court is going to adhere to an almost 50-year precedent of respecting the individual liberty to make decisions about uh, pregnancy. Rose defenders, including the Biden administration, say the age of viability hasn't changed and that with nearly one fourth of American women seeking an abortion at some point in their lives, the decision is now well established. Two consistent defenders of abortion rights, Anthony Kennedy and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, are gone, replaced by Trump appointees Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. The court could rule for Mississippi without overturning Roe by saying that most abortions are performed by 15 weeks anyway, so the state law is not an undue restriction on the right. And the court has yet to rule on whether lawsuits can go ahead against the Texas law that would ban abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. No word on when the court will issue decisions in either of these cases, Hoda. All right, Pete Williams for us there at the Supreme Court. Pete, thanks. 13 minutes after the hour, welcoming Craig. Good morning. Hey, Samantha. Hoda, good morning. Good morning to you as well. One of CNN's primetime stars is now off the air. The network suspending Chris Cuomo after reviewing newly released messages that revealed his involvement in helping his brother, then-Governor Andrew Cuomo, during his sexual harassment scandal. NBC's Ann Thompson has been following this story. Ann, good morning. Good morning. Chris Cuomo appeared on his CNN show Monday night without any mention of the eye-raising exchanges between him and his brother's top political aide. But before his next broadcast, the network announced he's suspended indefinitely. Overnight, the show went on at CNN. Some news now about this network. It involves Chris Cuomo, the host of Cuomo Primetime. Without Primetime host Chris Cuomo, suspended indefinitely after new documents detailed Cuomo's involvement in advising his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, ensnared in a sexual harassment scandal. This morning, CNN says these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew, adding the documents, which we were not privy to before their release, raise serious questions. Text messages and interview transcripts released this week by the New York Attorney General's office showing Chris Cuomo helped prepare his brother for a press conference, assisted in drafting public statements, and even shared a lead on a woman accusing the former governor of inappropriate behavior at a wedding. The CNN anchor telling investigators he sought information from fellow journalists at the direction of his brother's top aide, Melissa DeRosa, on at least two occasions involving stories from Politico and The New Yorker. When asked, I would reach out to sources, other journalists, to see if they had heard of anybody else coming out. It's been a slippery slope with the Cuomos for CNN. The network faced criticism after the brothers appeared together on CNN during the pandemic, often in lighthearted interviews. You know, this is the regular swab. This is what we're told disappeared in the governor's nose. Then this past May, when news first broke of Cuomo participating in strategy calls advising his older brother, the anchor apologized. It was a mistake. After Andrew Cuomo said he would resign as governor, Chris Cuomo addressed the issue for what he said would be the final time. I'm not an advisor. I'm a brother. 
I wasn't in control of anything. I was there to listen and offer my take. I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. I never influenced or attempted to control CNN's coverage of my family. Also this morning, one of Governor Cuomo's accusers, former Governor Cuomo, Charlotte Bennett, is calling on CNN to fire Chris Cuomo. NBC News reached out to Chris Cuomo, whose future at CNN is now uncertain, but there is no response. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo all along has denied the sexual harassment allegations against him. And Thompson, mm -hmm. keep us posted. Thank you, Ann. We've got 16 minutes after the hour. Time for our first check of the weather. Hey. Morning, Al. Hey, good morning, guys. We're talking about some really warm temperatures. Big surge here, high pressure, keeping that jet stream up to the north. We may see a record today in Portland, Billings, Montana, Bismarck, Denver, Albuquerque, Las Vegas, Lancaster, Phoenix, Arizona, all either hitting or breaking those records. Records, uh, later today and then tomorrow that warmth moves to the east look at this Fort Smith Arkansas could see a record today tomorrow Kansas City Grand Isle again Denver Rapid City Lander but then that cool air makes its way to the east and then temperatures start to drop look at this by Sunday Minneapolis you'll be in the mid 30s same in Chicago low 50s into Cincinnati DC will see temperatures by Sunday into the upper 40s Hartford Connecticut in the tri-state area in the northeast we're going to be looking at temperatures in the upper 30s. And that's your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al, thank you. Coming up a shakeup in what is expected to be a critical midterm race. Celebrity physician Dr. Oz, he's launching a bid to become Pennsylvania's next senator, why he says he's running, and the controversies that could follow him on the campaign trail. Plus, an inside look at how the world's biggest retailer is racing to deliver this holiday season. We go behind the scenes at Walmart, now using everything from drones to self-driving trucks to try and keep up with this year's record demand. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back, guys. 7.30 countdown is on. Look at her. Why aren't you clapping? She's magnificent. Oh, wow. That's our Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. We are so <laughs> excited. That is a 79-foot Norway spruce in all its glory, and it's it's about to get even better. Oh, yes. It, it's going to be a night filled with festive music and performances, including Carrie Underwood. Yep. Perry Connick Jr. Who else? Nora Jones. Mickey Guyton Live. Yes. So oh. many good performances. This is going to put you in the mood. Don't yeah. forget the 
pentatonics as well. Okay. By the way, there are folks already camped out, I was just told. Folks who are here in the plaza who came to see the Trinity Night. Wow. Long night for them. We hope you'll join us. Christmas in Rockefeller Center, the live special kicking off at 8 Eastern here on NBC, and of course, streaming over on Peacock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get our clapping yes. together. Yes. We're yes. a little <laughs> off, but we'll, we'll work on it all day. Let's get to your headlines here at 7.30. Donald Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is now cooperating with the House Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol attack. Meadows has provided records and will soon sit for a deposition. Previously, he had refused to cooperate, citing instructions from the former president to adhere to the principle of executive privilege. The panel had been considering charges of criminal contempt of Congress against Meadows after he failed to show up to answer questions under the oath earlier this month. The wife of imprisoned Mexican drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman was sentenced yesterday to three years in prison. Emma Coronel Isboro pleaded guilty in June to helping her husband run his multi-billion dollar drug trafficking operation. She also helped Guzman escape from a maximum security prison in Mexico back in 2015. Guzman was convicted in 2019 of drug trafficking and other charges, and later he was sentenced to life in prison. Twitter is banning the sharing of personal photos and videos on its platform without the consent of the person involved. The company says when it's notified by private individuals that they did not consent to the post, those items will be removed. The policy will not generally apply to images from large public events like sporting events or protests. Twitter's policies already prohibit the sharing of other private information like addresses and phone numbers. Now we've got some big news from the world of politics. Dr. Mehmet Oz is running for Senate. He announced his candidacy for the Republican nomination in the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, the celebrity doctor made a name for himself on television and says the pandemic is part of the reason he has now turned to politics. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson joins us with more. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. Listen, Dr. Oz is getting into this wide open race with some big time name recognition, and he's being trailed by some questions about advice he's given on his show as the doctor hopes to add a new title to his resume. One of TV's most famous doctors ready to get political. Mr. And Mrs. Oz. Dr. Mehmet Oz announcing his bid for Senate, running as a Republican in Pennsylvania. The heart surgeon and longtime TV personality has rarely talked publicly about politics until now. America's in crisis. That's not news. And I cannot be bought. And I'll keep fighting those battles to empower the, the folks of Pennsylvania and around the country. America's doctor is here, Dr. Oz. Oz first rose to fame on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Any physical activity can help with pain. And he's appeared on Today. In 2009, he launched his own wellness-focused talk show. But he's come under fire over the years. A 2014 study found that fewer than half of the recommendations made on the Dr. Oz show were supported by evidence. You may have seen the headlines. And in 2015, a group of doctors called for Oz's termination from Columbia University's medical school. These doctors are criticizing me for promoting treatments and cures in the interest of personal financial gain. Something I tell you every day on this program, I never do. Last year, Oz faced backlash for comments about in-person learning during the pandemic. The opening of schools may only cost us 2 to 3 percent in terms of total mortality. Any life is a life lost, but it might be a trade-off some folks would consider. He later said he misspoke. I've realized my comments on risks around opening schools have confused and upset people, which was never my intention. Some of Oz's campaign messaging already echoing another TV personality turned politician, Donald Trump and appeared on the Dr. Oz show just before the election in 2016. How do you stay healthy on a campaign trail? 
Well, it's a lot of work. Oz has been a strong supporter of the COVID vaccines and called them a gift to the world that was, quote, made possible by President Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed in an op-ed announcing his candidacy. He's entering a crowded field in a high-stakes race that could determine which party controls the Senate. Well, Holly, one potential campaign issue, residency. How long has he actually right. lived in Pennsylvania? Not too long. I mean, listen, Dr. Oz has lived in New Jersey for decades. Just last year, People Magazine published a spread of the home he and his wife built there 20 years ago. But Oz says he moved to Pennsylvania last year. He told Sean Hannity overnight it feels good to be back and points out he went to med school, business school, and met and married his wife in Philadelphia. Savannah. All right, Hallie Jackson, thank you very much. Up next, inside the race to deliver that looks a little different this year. Hey, good morning, guys. You are looking at robots just zipping around, fulfilling all kinds of orders. I'm Vicki Wynn. I'm going to have an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at what Walmart is doing this season to handle the holiday crush. That story coming up next on Today. We are back 739 with Race to Deliver, our network-wide series for the holiday season. Yeah, facing supply chain issues and shortages, companies are looking for new ways to ensure that consumers get what they need. NBC's investigative and consumer correspondent Vicki Wynn is here with an exclusive look at how the world's largest retailer is hoping to keep up with all that demand. They got some tricks up their sleeves, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's really cool to see in person. Good morning to you mm -hmm. and good morning to you at home. Robots, drones, driverless trucks. It may sound like science fiction, but it is all part of a revolution responding to how we shop. This morning, come along as we show you how mega chain Walmart is automating to get you what you want in record time. Santa's elves getting a robotic boost this holiday as retailers ready themselves for massive online sales. The National Retail Federation predicts holiday spending could reach a record high of $859 billion, up more than 10% from last year. But labor shortages and shipping delays are threatening delivery times. To combat the rush, companies like Amazon and Best Buy are offering Black Friday deals earlier than ever. So what is one of the country's largest retailers doing to handle demand? I'm here in Arkansas for an exclusive look at how Walmart is rolling out new technology to keep store shelves stocked and get deliveries to you by land and in the air. Watch this, a truck without anyone behind the wheel. It's in action right now in Arkansas and Louisiana, moving products from Walmart warehouses to stores. Gadget Trucks co-founder and chief engineer Apeksha Kamavat says these trucks run 12 hours a day, seven days a week. Tell me about the technology on this vehicle that helps make it safe. Yeah, so we have uh, different kinds of sensors placed all around the vehicle, giving a 360-degree coverage. This includes LIDARs, radars, cameras. Once loaded, they set out on pre-programmed routes. We're good. Up to 10 miles, making right turns wherever possible. Only an engineer sits in the passenger seat in case of an emergency. Five minutes and one and a half miles later, it arrives to be unloaded. What about the safety record? So we have been doing this for uh, multiple years now uh, on this fixed route. We have a complete 100% safety record, uh, no incidents. From the road to robots, we're now inside one of Walmart's high-tech fulfillment centers, connected to the back of an existing store. When you place an online order, first a human packs everything. Then robots sort the orders and send them down a chute. Finally, an associate takes the order to the customer's waiting vehicle for curbside pickup or loads onto a truck for home delivery. Walmart, like other retailers, is also using drone technology. 
now available within one mile of some stores in Arkansas. With me now is mom Christina Hedges and we are going to try out this drone delivery. What are you expecting today? Today we're expecting some wipes and some diapers and a couple pouches for the little guy. Within half an hour of the order being placed. Oh, nicely done. <laughs> Perfect. Tom Ward is a senior vice president overseeing the last mile of delivery at Walmart. It's about bringing greater speed and convenience to our customers. What do you say to people who are worried that all of these robots and these driverless vehicles are taking away from the need for human workers? You know, as we bring these new propositions to life, they're not necessarily a replacement, they're an addition. Overall, does it add jobs to the Walmart workforce? You know, we've added 150,000 new jobs to the business this year. So we are adding tens of thousands of new positions to supplement the technology, not just in the stores, but across our entire supply chain to help serve customers better. No question, the revolution in shopping is coming. And by the looks of what's happening this holiday, some of it is already here. So you might be wondering, what about the carbon footprint from all of these increased deliveries? Walmart says addressing the environmental impact is a top priority. They point out they use electric vehicles, electric drones, and consider this, 90% of Americans live within 10 miles uh -oh. of a Walmart. So they say having these additional delivery options means products are closer, they're traveling shorter distances, and that also means less packaging. So it is fascinating. It is yeah, the future, yeah. and it's now. The right. robots are here. Yeah. They're, they're here. not coming, they're, they're here. Thank mm -hmm. you, Vicki. Yeah. Thank you, Vicki. Let's get a forecast from Mr. Roker. Well, you know, yesterday, we, Carrie Sanders told us about the, the maple syrup shortage. Oh, well, yeah. Part of this could be a problem with climate change. The sap production is vulnerable to our changes in climate. So we've had warming temperatures, precipitation extremes, and freeze and thaw cycles that have been disrupted. So that impacts the sap production. That's been decreased, and that means there's shorter tapping seasons, and that means less syrup. So we're going to be keeping an eye on that. What we're also keeping an eye on, a little bit of a, a Alberta clipper coming out of Canada. That's going to be racing out from there. Light rain, snow, showers near the Great Lakes continues across tomorrow. Snow will be confined to areas right behind the front. Rain showers from Maine to Ohio. Light snow, though, from Marquette, Michigan to Presque Island, Burlington, Syracuse, anywhere from one to two inches. But we've had very little snow right now. 11% of the lower 48 covered with snow. And that is the fourth lowest percentage for this date since 2003. So we need that snow desperately. And finally, for the big lighting tonight, she gets lit 8 to 10 p.m. And then at 10 p.m., what happens? We get, we lit. get lit. That's right, We're baby. About us. Cloudy, <laughs> isolated, a shower late, but I think for the most part, it will be dry. It never fails. Never. And that's your latest win. Al, if, you if one light goes out, do they, they all go out. Okay. They all go out. That's a classic. That's right. Fingers crossed. Uh, when we come back here, new reactions to Tiger Woods getting very candid about the reality of his recovery from that car crash and also admitting he may never play golf full-time again. But first, these messages. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console console. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted Podcast. 
Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. We are back as Chanel Jones joins the party. Mm -hmm. Some new reaction this morning to that admission from Tiger Woods that his days of playing professional golf full-time are likely behind him. Yes, he talked more about it yesterday during his first public appearance since his car accident back in February. Here's NBC's national correspondent, Miguel Almaguer. Tiger Woods pictured smiling and back on the course, making his first public appearance since that near-fatal accident in February, which severely injured his right leg. I feel I'm lucky to be alive, but also still had the limb. How realistic was amputation? Like, was that really? Yeah, it was on the table. Woods opening up about his recovery, saying the compound fracture left him bedridden for three months. Eventually, I got to a point where they could wheelchair me outside safely and I could feel the sun. And that was like a, that was a milestone. But the golfer shut down questions about the day of the devastating crash. I'm wondering what you remember of the accident. Yeah, all those answers have been, been answered in the investigation. So we can read about all that there in the post report. Police say the golfer was traveling at nearly double the speed limit when his SUV flipped and slammed into a tree. Woods later undergoing surgery to stabilize his right leg. On Tuesday, the 15-time major winner at times resigned. I won't have the opportunity to practice in, given the condition of my leg. And that's okay, and I'm at peace with that. I've, I've made the climb enough times. While Woods is hopeful he'll play in select tournaments in the future, doctors say a return would be tough, but not impossible. Many doubted we'd ever see it. Woods is no stranger to a comeback. His improbable Masters win in 2019 came after four back surgeries. Now with his swing already on the mend, all eyes are on Tiger to defy the odds again. For today, Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. Uh, wow. Feels different this time. Yeah, yeah. it does. It's but even bad. he's acknowledging that it's mm -hmm. different this time. Mm -hmm. yeah. But he's alive and he's walking. Yeah, yeah. that's most indeed, indeed. Be there. What are you working on for pasta? So Give I think this is going to be big. Uh -oh. A huge announcement from Adele giving you the chance to spend the weekend what? in Vegas. Are you serious? <laughs> even the fact that she'll be in Vegas for a while. We'll talk about it. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour.